Big media believes you should be told what to think. We disagree. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. A lot of emphasis in our discussion over criminal justice. It obviously involves victims, but increasingly we've got people who say we need to focus on helping the perpetrators. Can we do that and not forget the victims? I know it seems like kind of a vicious cycle, but are the victims of the crime not just the people directly affected, but the people in the communities as well? A lot of questions, but criminal justice reform is a big, big topic. Are we going the right direction? We're we going the wrong direction. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. Interesting article that was posted in The Hill just in the last week or so. Crime is depriving Americans of opportunity with non-whites hardest hit. And it was written by Gabrielle Nadalis, who is the executive director of Our America. And Gabe joins me right now. And uh, Gabe, first of all, welcome back to the show. It's been quite a while since you've been on the program. Uh, Obviously, violent crime. I mean, this is headline news everywhere. But in recent months, in recent years, both the left and the right have said, we've got to change how we approach criminal justice. And in some cases, what we're seeing is basically a suspect or criminal centric approach saying that we've got to look at other factors other than just the crime that's actually happened. And in a lot of cases, people are saying, well, that's left to people being more soft on crime in the name of things like decarceration or, uh, you know, basically reevaluating how we see a crime. What are you seeing as far as the trends go when it comes to dealing with violent crime and who's affected? Well, you know, the crime issue is a multifaceted issue, and there are many moving parts. So we should look at crime in a holistic view. Uh, you know, one one big thing that's happening right now is that a lot of uh, forensic la- laboratories are being swarmed with evidence. So if you can't get evidence into the courtroom, well, you're not going to get a conviction. So that's one issue that we should be talking about. But if we just want to look at brass knuckles, just like the basics of what we need to um, to help combat the crime rate, well, we have to imprison those people who are either violent uh, criminals or repeat offenders. Because what we've seen time and time again is that you have an offender who is uh, released very early on and they go out and they commit another crime. There was a, a murder suspect in New York a few, a couple months ago that within 24 hours, he killed three people, you know, and then he shouldn't have been behind bars. But uh, according to a lot of uh, New York's uh, bail reform laws, they were like, ah, it's fine. You know, he, he, he'll be fine for, for a little bit, but immediately got arrested after killing three people. Not only that, but we're talking about some of the smaller crimes, about 300 people, a little bit over 300 people were arrested over 6,000 times in, in New York City for shoplifting crimes. You know, they just kept getting arrested and released and rearrested. They've become they've shown that that um, that uh, they really don't care about the law and they, they don't care because, you know, there's really no punishment. That's one thing. Another issue is that we really need to increase the number of police officers that are patrolling our streets. Statistics show that adding 10 to 17 police officers within a given jurisdiction helps save one life. That's really all it takes. But according to this study, which is I was published on NPR about uh, last year, and, and this is doubly true for black Americans. There is nobody who benefits more, no other group in America that benefits more from the police presence than 
uh, black Americans. And this is something that we need to talk about. Yes, crime is an incredibly complex issue. It's a lot of moving parts, but we should keep doing what we know works in order to really build a safer streets and a brighter future. Now, Gabe, uh, crime happens, obviously, in areas that are majority black and areas that are majority white and areas that are majority a lot of different demographics. So what would be different about the impact on black Americans that you just mentioned that may or may not happen in other parts of any community or state or the country? Well, we know every time that that there is a lot of crime, that basically destroys the opportunity that's present. I mean, we've already seen it in a lot of different uh, communities, not just um, minority communities, but definitely those are definitely the worst hit. I mean, in San Francisco, Detroit, Chicago, New York, a lot of these places, a lot of businesses are leaving. And, and many of those businesses, whether they be local businesses or chain stores, they're saying, you know, we can't keep doing this. You know, um, there's so many breakings um, and, and they just come in and they they take all of the inventory and then a, a lot of people out there say well you know it's just it's just um things they, they can replace those things well at some point you can't really afford to replace all those things not only that but insurance companies don't always pay you know they, they there's a limit to how much insurance uh will um will actually cover and that trickles down to everybody in the community Breaking a window, taking all their inventory isn't just money. It also means the people who work there, now they're going to have to hire fewer people or even have to fire people or, you know, close down an entire store. Well, once it ends up happening with all these people no longer have a job to be able to provide for themselves. Or if we're talking about, say, like Walmart or some of these pharmacies, what happens when when the, the medication of, uh, of so many people is no longer accessible? I mean, we're always talking about how um, inaccessible medicine is for so many Americans. Well, if it's not even present, people don't even have the option because the stores, all the pharmacies are closed down. That really hurts real, real people. And again, it just goes back to this idea that crime hurts everybody. Yes, it hurts the victim specifically, but as a society, we're hurt by many, many, uh, many um, issues uh, relating to crime. We're visiting with uh, Gabriel Nadalis. He's the national director of Our America. The article at The Hill, Crime is Depriving Americans of Opportunity with Non-Whites Hardest Hit. Okay, so where do we go from here? I mean, both the right and the left, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, have um, have been having a discussion regarding criminal justice reform with goals of less incarceration, with obviously changes to how bail is done, changes to prosecution, changes to defense, all of these aspects. And you mentioned that's a complicated issue, but what are some of the concrete steps that we should be taking, particularly in these urban areas, if we want to get a handle on the violent crime problem that they're experiencing? And, you know, I'm in St. Louis, so we've got it right here as well and still try to, I guess, protect as many people's rights as we can while preventing as much violent crime as possible. Yeah, I mean, the, the the end goal for all of this, for the crime issue, is about creating less fear and more trust. And by creating less fear, one way we could do, I already mentioned it, one of them is to increase the number of police officers that are patrolling our streets, as well as strengthening um, the penalties for repeat and violent offenders. Those things will drive down uh, the crime and it will create less fear. But let's talk about more trust. Well, one of the things we could talk about is how many police departments should start adopting what is known as community policing. 
Community policing is the idea that the police isn't just out there going to go solve crimes, but they're engaging with the community. They are part of the community. They're doing community events. They're they're involving the community and 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 uh, local businesses as well as um, local leaders into the 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 crime solving uh, machine. Really, um, you know, they they get them involved. They they work with them. They they're on a first name basis. And, you know, there was a Yale study out there that said that in terms of community policing, even one positive interaction in a non-enforcement manner with the police is enough to increase the the, the attitude towards police by so much. And, and this is incredibly helpful when it comes time to actually solving crime, because if the community, if the police doesn't have the community's trust, well, they can turn to them. And, and the community is crucial to really combating um, combating crime as a whole. I mean, again, this goes back to the idea of creating less fear by increasing police officers and, and, and sentencing violent and repeat offenders for longer sentences and stronger sentences, and also building trust through programs like community policing. Now, community policing isn't a new concept. I mean, it's been implemented and discussed for years, Gabe. So when it comes to police impl- implementing that, what should they be doing better to bridge that gap? Because that's one of the things we hear, particularly on the left, is activists saying that they don't trust the police. You know, we've heard cases and we've seen cases of police brutality and the efforts to basically remove as much prosecution in some crimes as possible. I've got about a minute left for you, but at least the first step or two that law enforcement and prosecutors could do to try to accomplish all those goals. Well, the number thing, one thing that we need to do to make sure that some of these things get done is increasing the 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 budget for a lot of police uh, departments. I mean, there's been a, a war against um, the, uh, for defunding the police, and this has been country throughout the country. Many states, many cities, many localities have defunded the police. It's time we turn that around. You know, the majority of Americans. So we we had a study actually that said 75% of Americans support fully funding the police. Well, let's do it. You know, we need to start listening to to the people and to really put uh, start supporting our our local heroes, uh, police departments who are are really combating this crime. Because if we keep defunding them, well, we're not going to get any more trust. We're not going to get any any less fear. It's just going to be more of the same. All right, uh, our America can be found online where, Gabe? Yeah, I mean, if people want to check out our website, we're at joinouramerica.org. That's joinouramerica.org. Or they can follow me on Twitter at OG Nadalis. All right, uh, Gabe, Gabriel Nadalis from uh, Our America, where he's the national director. Good talk to you again. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Got some thoughts on this? Let me know. I'm at AVP Radio Show on Twitter or just look up American Viewpoints on Facebook. Thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. I'm Mike Ferguson. We will talk to you again next week.